Welcome to Your Living Life Legacy Matters, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative and NRM Streamcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you uh, once again and to uh, try to control my excitement uh, in terms of introducing to you our special guests uh, this episode. Um, you know, we all... Um, uh, have a life. Uh, we all start a life. We go through life. And I always admire when I look at a person that has basically uh, committed themselves to excellence in terms of really uh, not giving up, you know, staying the course. And so our guest has an extensive background in the city of Detroit, uh, which uh, my mother, Peggy Jones, my father, Odell Jones, uh, had an affinity for. They love the city of Detroit, and this particular guest uh, can provide some incredible history for you doing this uh, apropos month of black history. As we concluded, uh, this particular guest would arguably be in her own right, the Black History Month. So we think about people that have passed uh, uh, while in battle some and while fighting the good fight and people that are walking around right now when you don't really need them to say much. You can just look at what they've done. And that basically is someone who we believe is and has been living a life that is well lived that are younger people that is 20 years of age and younger are younger still, 40 years of age and younger, and are younger still, 60 years and younger. The guest audience uh, over the age of 60 will clearly understand without a, any ponderance the excellence that this particular individual's life has represented. So without further ado, our guest, Beverly Kendall Walker. Thank you. For Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me to uh, come on your show and to talk about, you know, some of the historical things in Detroit that I have been involved, personally involved in. Yes. And uh, we all are just one generation away from history, uh, whether or not we realize it uh, or not. We've been directly impacted by uh, our parents and then our grandparents. And if we listened carefully when we were younger, you and you connect the dots today, you can understand and appreciate where they came from and what they contribute to our being today. Yes. You know, and so it's certainly uh, in my life, um, having been raised in a two-parent home, a union home, my dad was a Chrysler, Max Stamping plant. Uh, my mother was the Black Hub president for forever, but we grew up in the Black Bottom, and so consequently, my dad knew Coleman A. Young, and so, and can you define Black Bottom for our audience, for those that don't know? Okay, well, that's a section of the city of Detroit on the lower east side, off of say Gratiot and uh, Shane, St. Albans area. Uh, it currently doesn't look anything like it did when I grew up, uh, but uh, that is the beginning of recognizing blackness. To me, was in the Black Bottom, okay. and it was called Black Bottom not because of black people resided there. Because there were other, there were white people there as well, Germans and Polish as well, but because of the soil was a rich black dirt, oh, so that's why it was called Black history. Bottom. <laughs> not, I did not know that. Right, sister. right, right. Yeah. So the the, the river bank, you know, be, being the closest of Detroit River, uh, that soil was a rich black soil, oh. so that's why it's called Black Bottom. Hmm. But we uh, we allow for the 
the other connotation to rise as well <laughs> to Very say well. this is where the black folks came from so okay audience when the student's ready the teacher appears and i'm happy to be a student listening <laughs> to sister walker share with us uh, some of her anthology if you would through the years in uh, the city of detroit and doing this black history month and so my dad, being a union man, mm -hmm. uh, Coleman Alexander Young, being uh, coming off of the uh, the old McCarthy area of uh, government where they were call, calling everybody communists and so on and so forth. So he was hauled before Washington uh, Capitol uh, to testify before the House Un-American Committee to defend his position, and his position was about black people and the... Uh, the ability to unify ourselves to make demands on government. And so they were trying to accuse him of being a communist. And so that was in the 50s, about 56 or so, and I was born in 54, so that was a little before my time. But reading the history of Coleman Young, I uh, am familiar with that. But that was the time when he was um, concerned about one of the um, senators from Georgia. He kept saying, uh, calling him a nigger. Nigger. Okay. Okay. So then Coleman Young had enough of it. He said, the word is Negro, you know, <laughs> please pronounce it correctly. And so that made him kind of famous in our book in the neighborhood of standing up for the people, you know, for black people. Yes. So that was kind of the beginning of, of my father's um, connection with uh, Mayor Young. And, of course, when he went on to run for um, uh, mayor of Detroit uh, much later after he had served as a state senator representing the area that we live uh, It was important that uh, we had a source of pride because they knew him They knew him from where he begun and he was a man of his word Saying that he would help people as they work through various issues in the community through the legislative process So Mayor Young was our first, you know venture into politics if you will. Okay, so uh, that was my beginning of uh, working with him. Uh, by that time, we were going through the uh, whole Angela Davis, Free Angela. So he ran for office in 72. And so that was about the time when, you know, we were going through all of that. Um, she was on the run, then had been captured. And, you know, so that was my beginning of uh, the black power, Black Panther uh, movement, as well as we were rising in the city of Detroit. In, in birthing a black mayor, so. Yes. Uh, you know what, let me just share this with you, especially our younger audience. I want you to really, um, this is gonna kinda sound a little harsh, but I would like to ask your permission to speak with you like you are a, um, how about this, a Navy SEAL or Marine or Army, Army Ranger. And I would just share with you, um, we have the uh, blessing to have uh, Sister Beverly Walker with us and um, really should probably pay attention, especially if you uh, want to shorten your reading down. Uh, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, and she's taking us through black history. And so I'm going to ask her to, to take us further, especially with her just incredible resume, which, uh, or it's really not a resume, it's like a bio of, of her life. And I read it, and it's just, it reads like the information that every person should read but in particularly a young person because history as i learned again thank you sister mm -hmm. is yesterday so it's right here in the future so continue to share with us please and so as i um process information with my two dynamic parents 
who just on our block in our neighborhood, you know, they allowed us to grow with the movement, the student movement, because most change come about because of young people, you know. When you look at the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, they undergird civil rights, the uh, lunch counter uh, protesters, those are students. So I was always kind of comfortable with where I was going to uh, in politics. And so I graduated from Martin Luther King High School in Detroit. Okay. And my ambition was to go on to college. But before I graduated, I was hired by AAA of Michigan uh, to work their counter. So at that time, there were very few blocks at uh, AAA of Michigan. Uh, on their front counter, which is people who handle license plate sales and travel, domestic travel, you know, routing people. Mm -hmm. And so they hired me for the Gross Point office. Gross Point? Yes. So I worked there for five years. So I was like a trailblazer uh, there. It was just two of us blacks on the counter. And um, you had a lot of uh, resistance to a black face being the face of AAA. And so they were had. Following, uh, following, uh, facing a lawsuit with NAACP for <laughs> lack of diversity. But of course, uh, I, they had hired me like four years prior to their lawsuit, so they really couldn't say, oh, okay, you don't have any black people, because they really did, you know. And they fairly hired me based on my academics. So I didn't go to college uh, right away, because I had the good job, right? Yeah, very good job. <laughs> right, very good job. But uh, what happened was, what kind of changed my mind was my dad got fired from Chrysler because him and some of his coworkers took an extended lunch break. And he was the only black person in that group that took the extended lunch break. And he was the only black person who got, uh, the only person who got fired and the rest of them just got reprimanded. So that brought back home to me that even though all of these years he worked, you know, for, for Chrysler Union and whatnot, when it came down to it, it was still a, di a difference in how the race was handled in various matters. And he always was able to overcome other little issues because you had the union process where you can grieve stuff and they would work it out. But that particular moment, it was just not fair how it happened. And so that kind of set my mind against a little bit um, the unfair practices that was, you know, being dealt with uh, okay. to black people. So after five years at AAA, they gave me a gold pen and stuff. And I was like, is this it? <laughs> so, so what I did was I sent a letter to New Detroit Incorporated, which was the um, the urban coalition that was created out of the uh, 67 riots. So they're still in existence today, and they're supposed to work through racial relations. So I sent a letter to them, and I observed that they didn't have a youth coordinator. So I just sent them a letter, and they called me in for an interview, and they hired me. I was like, what? So I left my job with AAA to handle help with the uh, race relations at New Detroit in those days to bring black youth and white youth together at the boardroom table. So we were able to bring kids from the public school and private school to sit together to work through their differences through government and just the process of getting to know each other. So it was called the Youth Caucus Court. Uh, committee for New Detroit. So that was my first political paying job. Everything else was always volunteer. You know, we volunteer for Coleman Young. We volunteer for Clyde Cleveland, who was uh, running to be on city council. Mm -hmm. So my parents, they didn't believe in getting paid for work. They just wanted to do the work because they believed in the leaders that they were supporting. Uh, so that was my kind of beginning of that. But along the way, I met many famous people, but the most 
outstanding person I ever met in Detroit politics was Coleman Alexander Young. Yes. And so um, to be now connected with the Detroit City Airport, which is named after him, Coleman A. Young International Airport, and he appointed me to be the second uh, black woman to be on the airport commission uh, at City Airport because by charter, every department had to have a commission of lay people. Okay. And so I was part of the lay people. And so when I remember talking to him and he would talk about young people and the benefit of being in the aviation industry for a career path, and I could just remember the gleam in his eye that he was concerned and passionate about young people understanding the potential for your life if you connect with the field of aviation. And him being a Tuskegee Airman was another of the reasons why I kind of gravitated to him because my dad was in World War II, my grandfather was World War I. So I was always a little bit of military, but when I looked, when Comey appointed me to that position and I talked amongst the older people that he appointed as part of this commission, and I just can remember the glow, the gleam in his life when he talked about this airport, how important it was, it could be to the community that's why I've been around there for the last 30 years in the Friends of Detroit City Airport. Well, you know, um, Sister Walker, we really appreciate you uh, coming in. Uh, we uh, know that we've learned uh, really what history is. We also learned really how Black Bottom really got the name Black Bottom. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as we come back for another chance to fellowship, I want the listeners to appreciate that uh, the key silver thread, if I would, uh, I was going to say key words, but the silver thread that went through the uh, conversation here, the fellowship with uh, Sister Walker was simply that she had a calling to look at helping people, doing something of cause, uh, and then uh, graduating to doing something that's charitable. Because when you exchange your time for a cause, that's more than money. When you volunteer to help without getting a dollar or a, 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 a some type of financial remuneration, that's what you call charitable outreach. And we live in a society that so many of our brothers and sisters um, are challenged and uh, some go hand to mouth. That means that they barely are getting by. But when you look at what they can do with their time, and how they still can find time to help. It's a blessing from uh, really God, uh, certainly. And so uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll look forward to our next time to fellowship. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. God bless you.